Lord, heal us from our blindness, that we might see you at work in this world and join you in the ministry of healing and inclusion. Amen. I've always loved this gospel reading from John. The stories of Jesus' healings have played a major role in my life, inspiring me as a follower of Jesus to try and be a healer myself. The story of this healing of the man born blind is full of rich details, interesting characters, and complicated relationships. It contains, at the same time, one of the simplest expressions of faith and one of the most profound examples of evangelism in all of Scripture. See, during the first century, those born with disabilities were often cast aside to fend for themselves. The man born blind in our story was forced to beg in order to eat. It was believed that all birth defects were caused by sin. So the disciples asked Jesus if the man was born blind because of his own sin or because of the sin of his parents. Now in today's world, there are some few children who are born with challenges because of poor choices made by their parents. But thinking that people are born <clears throat> with disabilities because of sin is a really outdated thought with our knowledge of medical science. And yet, even if we can identify the cause of blindness or another physical limitation, those who suffer are so often treated just like they were 2,000 years ago as outcasts. One of my favorite Christian authors, Mike Iaconelli, was a pastor of a small rural church in California. One of the members of their church was a young woman with Down syndrome named Sadie. Sometimes when Mike was preaching, Sadie would stand up and say, what in the world are you talking about? You aren't making any sense. Now for Mike, these outbursts were a blessing beyond compare. A reminder to be humble in his attempt to preach complicated theological messages. Sadie, in her quote-unquote disability, had the ability to call a spade a spade, to stand up and to boldly proclaim what every other person was thinking, but had been too cultured not to do. Because she was differently abled, Sadie had a gift to share with her church community. She offered insight and perspective that others would not or could not. Too often in our churches, we seek to serve Christ only in those who look, act, and think like we do. Our church, however, is incomplete without all of the gifts, perspectives, and insights of all of the people of God. In order to fully be the body of Christ, we must welcome those who are different from us. This applies to those with physical and mental limitations, sure, but also to those who are radically liberal or staunchly conservative, those with incredible riches and the poorest of the poor. Each of us, whatever our situation in life, has been given particular gifts by God, gifts that are unique to us, and the church needs all of those gifts in order to be whole. The man born blind had a specific gift, his physical blindness. 
And Jesus informs his disciples that it was not because of sin that the man was born blind, but in order that God's work might be revealed in him. If this man had been born with sight, then we would not have this wonderful story of healing and conversion. Now, the man born blind lacked the cultural blinders that prevented the Pharisees with their eyesight from seeing who Jesus really was. The man, instead, had insight. And after the man was healed and questioned by the Pharisees and removed from the synagogue, Jesus finds him. Jesus asks him if he believes in the Son of Man. And once Jesus identifies himself, the man born blind asks no questions. He simply worships the Lord. Now it's in his interaction with the Pharisees that I am most moved. It's difficult to imagine all of the emotions this man might have been feeling, his entire life having just been transformed. He's now without blindness, so he will be able to find work and he'll no longer have to beg. And seemingly, he'll no longer be treated as an outcast. And yet, as soon as people see that he can see, they take him to the authorities who accuse him of having never been blind at all. And when he tries to explain what has happened, they refuse to believe him. The Pharisees want to know what has happened, and so the man testifies with these simple words. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. There's no complicated theology here. There's no deep scriptural exegesis. The man born blind couldn't begin to explain how Jesus could be both fully human and fully divine. He probably would have some trouble explaining through scripture how Jesus could be the Messiah. All he knew was his own experience. His experience of being healed by Jesus provides a witness that could not be ignored by anyone. It enraged the Pharisees so much that they kicked him out of the synagogue, the place he'd been brought to explain while he was no longer begging. Each of us has our own story about Jesus. We may not have been healed from physical blindness, but we all have stories about how our relationship with Jesus has transformed us. Some of those stories are intense and involve life and death. Others have to do with our day-to-day -day lives and how we learn more and more to be followers and like Jesus himself. All of these stories are true, important, and when shared, can transform the lives of those who hear our telling. My family returned from a week away on Thursday, and during the week we were gone, so much changed. We've returned to a time where school has been suspended, people are working from home, and we've been ordered to limit any gathering to less than 10 people, and many are living in fear and anxiety about this virus. One of the best things that each of us can do during this time of uncertainty is to hold fast to the faith that is within us. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 say, Do not be anxious about anything, 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We certainly need God's peace during this time. In addition to holding fast to our faith in Christ during these upcoming weeks, we can also find ways to keep in touch with each other. Phone calls, old-fashioned letters, FaceTime, and other technology offers us ways to see and to hear each other, even if we cannot be physically present with one another as we would like to be. This week, even those who are feeling fine physically, are feeling isolated from us, the body of Christ? How can we each be proactive in reaching out to those who need a comforting word, a break from the news and social media? What would it look like for us to call friends, family, instead of binging Netflix or refreshing our Facebook page? Together, we are the church. Each of us can minister to those in need from where we are with whatever we have. God has gifted each of us to respond to this moment in time with love, with generosity, and with hope. Following the example of the man born blind, let us boldly proclaim the transformation in our own lives. The joy that we have in living in relationship with God through Christ is not something to keep a secret but it's something to be shared with other people so that they will know the cause for our joy and, God willing, experience that same joy themselves. We do not need fancy words or a complicated doctrine to share, only our own experience with the risen Lord. And when we might be questioned beyond our knowledge of scripture or theology, let our response be simple yet direct. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence among us in these uncertain times. We thank you for opening our eyes so that we can see your work in the world about us. Help us, Lord, to serve with you as your hands and feet. Give us strength and courage to meet the days ahead, reaching out in love to neighbors, family, friends, and those who are alone. We pray all of these things in Christ's holy name. Amen.